Coming to you direct from the heart of New York City all the way to wherever you are. You're listening to the VIP Jazz World Report. America is full of immigrants that come in search of the American dream. And I too am one of them. I live my dream every day in this great country, the US of A. But I'm not alone. Today's show is about how one of those dreams became reality for an immigrant family. It's about a band of brothers who came from Albania, arrived on the shores of America and started their journey of success as busboys at a restaurant and then went on to owning an empire of steakhouses called Ben and & Jack's and, ironically, empire as well in New York City. But rather than feeding off the economy, they are now feeding it. With over 150 employees and one of the most highly regarded restaurants in New York City, their ambition shows no sign of slowing down. Their restaurants are a force to be reckoned with, and so is their ambition. My two guests are Jack and Jeff Sinanai. Jack and Jeff, welcome to the VIP Jazz World Report, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. You know, for you guys, I've learned a bit of Albanian. So here goes Mir Dita and Mir Sevini. Uh, yeah, whatever. I believe that's <laughs> Albanian for good afternoon and welcome. Is that right? Yes, correct. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, Jack, you're head of the family, right? Well, uh, we all like about uh, we, we actually we're brothers, and uh, it's not like head of family, but uh, most of the time uh, I take the responsibility for a lot of things, especially the success. Uh, thank you. Oh, with a voice that reminds me of Marlon Brando from The Godfather. <laughs> now, Jack, is that a real Albanian name? No, actually, it's not. It's well, an American yeah, name. It's an American name. So, what's your real Albanian name? My real Albanian name is Shevchet. Okay, I'll stick to Jack. And Jeff, what's your real Albanian name? Uh, I think it's a little more complicated. Jaffer. Jaffer? Yes. Oh, now that's easier to pronounce. <laughs> Jack, tell me, what are, the, what are real Albanian people like? Real Albanian people is about, uh, about uh, actually about the uh, respect by the family, uh, mm. sticking together, and about the hardworking people, success in uh, by the reaching the all goals or whatever they believe on it, and never quit. Because you don't hear much about the Albanian people in the U.S. I mean, how many are there in America? Well, in America, probably it's around one million. And where are they geographically in in uh, the U.S.? Uh, they're mostly in New York. Uh, then we have some uh, Detroit, and uh, of course it's uh, it's amazing. We have a lot of them in California, and they move on to the Florida and all this. But the most of it, like seventy percent, is in New York. And and what sort of jobs or businesses do they do mostly? They're mostly jobs and the business that we do actually is like a restaurants, uh, construction, uh, real estate. Uh, yeah. Those uh, those jobs, which is uh, for us opportunity for the immigrants. Okay. Now you left Albania. What made you leave your homeland? Well, like uh, most of the people, the reason the majority of people, including myself, mm. left our land and family behind is to avoid regime that was ruling that area for decades, and uh, we were looking for uh, better life and freedom. The regime was in a favor, the only kind of the people that is the ruling party, <clears throat> and there were no, no one had an opportunity to reach their social status. So did you, did another, you come from a poor family? 
Well, to be honest, we was uh, never hungry, but uh, we own a small farm, and it was a hard work. Uh, mm. As a, a four-year-old, uh, five years, uh, we, you know, not only me, even my brother, sister, we was working a farm. But uh, was uh, I never had a toy in my life or a bicycle, so that's that tells you everything. Right, right, right. And how many brothers and sisters? We have four brothers and one sister. Why choose America? Even tough, we are forced to read on the other side the stories you know, because we came from the communist uh, country. So uh, for us, even uh, as a kids, uh, we pick to the, some magazines and uh, maybe some movies or something. Mm. And uh, all desire to the movies and reading about America, it's about <clears throat> looking uh, and seeing like a, a better life uh, opportunity, and what people they do and. Uh, it's about uh, <clears throat> uh, it's about the uh, uh, opportunity for the yourself, and uh, it's like uh, to reach the goal or whatever you want in life. So tell me about the story of how you actually made the journey across. Well, the journey was uh, uh, actually it was uh, it's not it was not easy, and uh, <clears throat> as uh, I came here in 1991, and I was uh, 19 years old, and I came illegal. That was uh, was was the hardest part, and. Uh, how, how did you get through? Uh, how would you get through? Hmm. It's uh, like I said, we just, uh, you always, uh, you have to find out in a life way out, you know. So the reason uh, uh, somehow we got connected to some, somebody or whatever it is, and, uh, and we came here illegally and uh, just uh, end up in New York. And uh, that was my starting the journey in this country. And uh, the goal is uh, only to find a job to survive. But did you come on some sort of a tourist visa, or did you sort of come through a ship, or? Uh, no, actually, I came the, from Germany airplane, of course, and uh, I came in a uh, was a fake passport or whatever, you know. And maybe I should not say that, but. <laughs> oh, that's uh, brilliant! That's brilliant. <laughs> whatever but, it takes to reach the promised land. Whatever it takes, even the, the picture and passport was not mine. And uh, can you imagine how you feel in, in a custom when you get to the Kennedy Airport and you're like, you're praying to all gods and everything just to be there to let you go to come to, to the dream country. Wow. And somehow, some, actually, I was lucky. So, you know, I, I'll never forget those days and uh, the feeling. Do you look back on those days? Of course, I look. Uh, yeah, I look back, and uh, like I'm so blessed uh, myself, actually, and my family. Uh, we all came uh, almost the same way, and uh, only Jeff yeah, has a little hard time. We came. You know, it took him like two and a half months to travel from country to country to get here, and he was only 17 years old. But then, so, the, then you came. Then everyone else came. They all came on a fake passport too. Uh, correct. Wow. Uh, but then, once you got here. Then did you know people here? Well, I always see, you know, somebody or whatever it is, uh, you know, like if it's uh, maybe uh, neighbors or somebody and uh, or maybe a little for the cousins. And uh, but that was uh, that was a little help to try to find a job. But still, you were not your own, mm. uh, which is a very tough. You know. And what was your first job? My first job was as a busboy in a, in a restaurant. And, uh, that was uh, like uh, <clears throat> actually it was a big challenge for me because I was uh, I was making like twenty five thousand uh, I'm sorry twenty five dollar a day and 
and uh, you have to you know twenty five dollar a day. It's like uh, really, it's very low. Mm-hmm. But I was believing that it's gonna it's gonna be better, right. and the hard work and everything else. So <clears throat> we move on after uh, maybe three four months. I became a bartender. You became a what? Bartender. Bartender. Okay. And this was all at. Um the famous steakhouse restaurant. No, actually, that was a different uh, restaurant. It was a Manhattan Cafe, Manhattan Grill. That mm-hmm. was also a steakhouse. It was a very famous then. Uh, then uh, from that, uh, after five years, I went to the Peter Lucas. Now tell me, I mean, um, at at what point did you manage to legalize your status? Um, uh, I'm sorry. How did you manage to legalize? Your immigrant status. Well, uh, since uh, actually we actually we coming from Montenegro, former right. Yugoslavia, and uh, we are Albanians. And at that time was the we uh, was the conflict between uh, actually Serbian and Albanians, which was we didn't have that many rights as Albanians in that country. So I took as a political asylum. Right, right. Now tell me, what was the most difficult part of being in in America in the beginning? Uh, difficult part is, uh, of course, you, you challenge yourself with uh, you're not speaking English and uh, don't understanding and uh, everything is uh, because of where we're coming from and, and you come with, to the different world. It's, mm. it's, uh, about, it's about how you're going to survive, how you're going to do the best job, and, uh, you know, things like that. But you never considered going back, right? Well, I never considered going back because uh, I see it was soon I came uh, stepping in, the, in actually in, a, in a New York and the streets and look at all these big buildings, uh, big cars, and uh, you see like uh, is everything is here. I was like, uh, you know, where are you going to go? Because uh, this is uh, like uh, promised land for us. So you came in, you started off with a very low uh, wage, um, but your ambitions were very high. Uh, true, but uh, I mean, you didn't know the language. You were on a basic income. Uh, yeah, we didn't know language, and it was uh, first you know, you're going through a lot of stress because you know, as a, as a busboy, you have to know understand a few words. And there was so many times if the waiter or the boss tells you to do something, you don't understand them, uh, you get scared. Maybe you think uh, you're gonna get fired. Right. You know, so it's not easy. We, we we go through a lot of pressure, whatever it is. But still, I believe that you know that's only passing through, and it's going to be quick. Now, how many years did it take you from the day you arrived to opening your first restaurant? Well, uh, that took uh, what is it? Uh, Fourteen years. Fourteen years. Fourteen years. But at what stage did you decide that you know what? I am going to own a rush because that takes a lot of money. Uh, takes a lot of money, and uh, actually uh, takes uh, money and takes more than that. And uh, uh, we decide actually uh, because also my brother Russ, and he was a waiter. We, we started working in Pirilugas. I was there almost ten years, mm-hmm. and uh, we we had it even before we had it we can do something ourselves. But the, for, for working for Pirilugo, that was like, for us, it's like a master degree for the steakhouses. So we decide because uh, <clears throat> we always like to inspire other things or whatever it is. Uh, and uh, we always believe that we can do it because if these people are doing it, why we cannot do it? So one day, actually, in uh, 2000, 
we, we I bought a house with my brother, and he bought another one working as a waiter. And we decided to take uh, equity homes in our houses. Mm-hmm. It's, that's a, like double challenge. And uh, we got some, we had some savings, and uh, we decided to open the restaurant in uh, <clears throat> 2005. Wow. And now how many restaurants do you have? We have five restaurants. And they're all Ben & Jack's? Actually, it's uh, three Ben & Jack's and two Empire Steakhouses. So while you were working, you were learning the tricks of the trade. Well, it's uh, if you uh, like, uh, if you really, the, the, if you just uh, you go to the work and uh, pay attention, and you started loving it, whatever you're doing, mm. and, and uh, even as a waiter, uh, how many times you heard uh, waiters open the restaurants? Not too many times. It's uh, most of it's uh, chefs uh, and all this. But we learn everything. We learn uh, about the kitchen, and we learn about the cooking, the, the meat, purveyors, everything else. So for for us, it was uh, like a uh, pleasure. Whatever we're doing, we was enjoying it because that was our uh, bread and butter, you know. But what were some of the challenges you had to overcome? You know, when you're starting your own business. The biggest uh, challenges, uh, first of all, when you when you uh, open the, as a first restaurant is. Mm. Uh, it's with the purveyors, distributors, even with the attorneys, you know, because that's the first time you're dealing with something like that. And as a, as a, you come here as an immigrant, and, uh, and no one's going to give you credit first time round, right? I'm sorry. No one will give you credit. Nobody gives you credit. Even they charge you a higher, even double they charge you, you know, because you are like a new kid in a block, you know. Everybody wants to take advantage of you, so. Which is fine, you know. We succeed and survive those things. And today, actually, is different. All these people, whatever they come to you, and uh, you know, you, you know uh, how to deal with them and uh, do the right thing, whatever it is. What was the most difficult moment that you've ever faced while living in America? Well, difficult moment. Uh, it's an. Uh, First of all, uh, the first, uh, I mean, couple of months or three, four months when mm-hmm. we came here, then uh, other thing was uh, opening the first place. And uh, like I mentioned before, taking equity homes uh, in the houses and uh, you 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 gambling everything for 14 years or whatever we had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the days uh, when... Uh, <clears throat> When uh, like we opened the first uh, week, or whatever, you get like 40, 50 people, and you get a little bit scared, but we still believe it. And after like eight weeks, or whatever, uh, here you go, we got so busy. And then after one restaurant, you open another, and then another. Well, uh, every like every two years, we mm. open uh, a restaurant. Yeah. But is the restaurant business that good? I mean, if you do well in the business, you can make enough money to actually then go fund another one. Uh, true. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, because uh, thanks God we're doing good and uh, like I said, uh, we we opened also one of the restaurants at the worst time, which actually we signed the lease 2008 before the crash, economic crash, mm-hmm. and uh, we had some deposit. And a lot of people was like, even the customers we talk, and I tell them that we opened another restaurant. I was like, oh come on, you are you crazy? Look at the economy. I was like, you know what? No, I'm not backing up. We're gonna open. And in the 2009, in April, we opened 400 seats restaurant, and that was like really a worst time with the economy. But with our heart really work and believe in it, uh, thanks God we succeeded with that restaurant. No, you know you can work hard, but the business might not come in. 
What made the business come in? It's a, it's a, it's very important. It's about the business. It's, a, it's a, all, all we do is about the quality product. It's a, especially in this uh, industry, it's about the hospitality and uh, all these things. It's, and you, you cannot give up. You know, whatever it is, uh, you have to fight it and believe that it's no way out. We have to do it. And Jack, what is your work ethic? I mean, you obviously still work every day, right? Yes. But then, what is your work ethic what, what what do what skills do you bring what what how would you describe hard work i'm i'm going to tell you you know sometimes people you know just uh, this is like conversation even customers friends they say oh i work 60 70 hours and uh, one, one day i was like walking from my car you know parking driveway and going home and i'm thinking like i'm counting my hours and i was like oh my god is i really past 90 hours a week it's it's a uh, to describe this is like uh, it's very hard uh, as owner of the restaurant mm. and uh, probably small businesses it's not like how many hours you're doing it's just uh, how many hours you have to put it on and it's it's not easy but you know it's it's that's our biggest challenge as the owner of the restaurants you know one thing that interests me is that you guys chose to open a restaurant that competes with the big boys I mean, New York and steak are synonymous. So yeah. you guys are going in. Um, I would have thought you might have wanted to open an Albanian cuisine. And that's very interesting. That's very interesting, you know. And uh, actually, we were talking the other day, like, uh, it's, no, it's a lot of Albanian community. And uh, New York, actually, a lot of people don't know about the Albanians. And uh, it's, uh, that's a down the road. Maybe we do it. You never know. It's, 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 it's good to have Albanian cuisine because uh, none of them did it anyway in New York. And uh, but the opening is uh, competing with the like uh, with the big boys like you mentioned before. Uh, the, our first place we open is Forty uh, Fourth Street between Second and Third, mm. Ben Jacks. And all this round is uh, other steakhouses, uh, which is uh, the big names, like five of them. And and uh, uh, when I, before we signed, actually before we signed the lease, we bought the place. And uh, one of my friends actually was like. Jack, are you crazy? You're taking it. All these restaurants, they're like uh, all around you. They're big. How you go? You're not going to make it. I was like, that. this is what I like. I said, I like there because I want to challenge myself and I know we're going to succeed. You know, everyone sees your success and obviously we know that you've come from the ground up. But have you ever failed? Uh, the fail is, is like I mentioned before, in 2009, uh, uh, we we struggle, but uh, because we opened in the worst economic uh, time and crash, mm-hmm. and uh, we opened this big place, 10,000 square feet, 400 seats, and uh, we didn't fail, but we struggled a little bit there for like six months or eight months, but really we didn't fail, and. Uh, Till now, really, we I hope we're not going to fail, and uh, we didn't fail anything like we failing it. But just we was a little bit like was not pleasant. It was not pleasant 2009. But like I men- mentioned before, uh, we just believe in it, pushing it, and uh, thanks God uh, succeed. Now, Jeff, what's a typical day in a steakhouse restaurant? Well, uh, it depends uh, what day of the week is. If it's a Monday, there is uh, so many uh, bills uh, on the desk, so many emails that has to be responded to, so many, um, if there was any issues that has to be, be 
be dealt with uh, deliveries. Uh, um, after that, there is always a phone call that has to be picked up uh, from the uh, purveyors, uh, suppliers, uh, private parties, um, manage the uh, staff. Sometimes people uh, are late or they call in sick. You have to make sure that uh, to cover all the um, uh, staff members when it comes to, to a waiters or a kitchen staff or hostesses. Um, after that, there is uh, a lunchtime. You have to make sure that uh, everything is ready, that all the guests that are uh, walking through the door are greeted properly, are seated uh, uh, the way they're supposed to. The waiters uh, acknowledge the guests uh, to make sure that there is uh, a bread, butter, water, everything they need. Um, and so on. How do you keep a check on the quality of the meat? Uh, most of the meat that we do buy, we uh, go on the site and uh, choose it. And um, we have a chef that uh, look the deliveries, myself, Jack. Um, if something uh, doesn't look good, we always return a whole shipment if uh, if needed. Which is the best steakhouse restaurant in New York City? Empire Steakhouse and Benajak's. You have to choose one. Hmm. I spend the most of the time <laughs> at Empire, so... <laughs> you see, I only have one pair of hips, so I, they can only sit in one chair under one roof. So you, you have to tell me where I should go. At Empire Steakhouse. Now... What makes you different? Because for me, I, I, I love steak, but I'm not really a steak connoisseur. I mean, I, I, can, I guess I can tell a good piece of meat, but if I went, if I went to, say, uh, Peter Luger's or Wolfgang's or Morton's, um, what makes your ribeye better than theirs? Besides the food that uh, mm. I mentioned that we choose the best quality, uh, walking to the door of Empire Steakhouse, you would uh, uh, get a, a beautiful, warm, welcoming atmosphere with the people that would greet you as they would be greeted. Uh, they would want to be greeted themselves. And uh, besides the steak, the, uh, we offer uh, other things that uh, can accommodate not just yourself that you don't like steak, but uh, your guests that... Uh, would prefer to have some uh, fish or uh, uh, some uh, seafood uh, platters or some lobsters or lobster tails and even a poetry. But a lot of the restaurants offer that, don't they? Uh, they do. But what are you selling that uh, has that little edge? Are you saying it's it's the additional customer service? It's the best quality meat and additional quality service. Now, the, the interesting thing about your guys' business model is, is a family-owned business. Are all four brothers and one sister in the business? Actually, uh, one of our brothers is uh, back home mm. with his family, uh, and uh, sister has uh, her own job, and it's only Russ, Jack, and myself. So you, what's the secret of running a family-owned business? Because don't you guys, like, you know, fight and, and, and argue and... It's more personal than professional. Uh, actually, with us, and I would say uh, in Albanian culture, when it comes to a uh, a business, mm. uh, 
we stick more to a family than the business. Uh, uh, success comes and goes, but the family uh, always stays together. And you're the youngest, right? I am, and uh, that's uh, one thing that's a little bit disadvantaged to our youngest <laughs> people uh, in Albania culture. You have to listen to everybody. Yes, but you're they also the spoiled oldest. one, right? Um, they did spoil me, but not that much. No, like say if you want to buy a Ferrari and they can't afford it, but you cry enough, and then they say, okay, right, we give it to you. <laughs> in that case, I don't have to cry. They just buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Why? Because we share the car so they can drive it as well. <laughs> Yes, but you're the bachelor. They're married, I believe. That's true. So, how do you guys handle, um, like, conflict or difference of opinion? Jack wants to open another restaurant, and, and you feel the location's not great and things like that. So, who, who's the mediator? Or at the, or at the end of the day, Jack says, you know what? I'm the eldest. I've been in this business a long time, longer than you guys, so I know it's going to work. So, just trust me, follow me. Uh, we do. We do that. Uh, sometimes if there is uh, uh, some difference in, uh, in the opinion, we do discuss it behind closed door, of course, mm. um, and uh, come up to a uh, conclusion and decide on uh, what, to be, what has to be done next. Now, I noticed that in your portfolio of restaurants, you've got the Ben and & Jack's and then you've got the Empire. Why Why the two different names? Well, that's actually, um, I don't know, you, you, why we choose the two different names is uh, a lot of people that ask us. But uh, the reason is that uh, we plan to open more restaurants in Europe because there is room, there is a uh, clientele there. Sorry, where do you plan to open? More in uh, New York, more restaurants. Yeah. And if we uh, use just the same name, uh, then uh, after a lot of people, they think we are chain. And uh, you know how people, they feel about the chain restaurants. We want to uh, just uh, stick to the uh, family-owned business and uh, just uh, take that vision. We're not chain. So that's why you, we, we come out with another uh, uh, name of the Steakhouse Empire. Hmm. So you think that people think that if you have the same name everywhere, midtown, downtown, east side, west side, uh, that people like their steakhouses to be like a boutique style? They like to be like a boutique, and uh, usually because uh, all the our customers, they go other, of course, they go to some other restaurants, steakhouses, and, and you heard the stories like, hey, I went to this place, but uh, they all, like a few restaurants, of which I'm not going to mention the names, but uh, they say, oh, they open so many, and uh, uh, looks like they changed. Somebody bought them; they're not good like before, and things like that. So to avoid that uh, in their mind, so mm. you know, it's good to separate. So does that mean you won't open any more Ben and Jacks? No, we actually uh, in 2016 we opened two of them. <laughs> Dope. So that they, so then, what about Empire? You hey, Empire, we opened this year another one, and uh, actually uh, we decide also to open the Italian cuisine. So, wait a minute. Let me. I want to clarify this. The Ben & Jacks, you said you wanted to move to Empire, so you did that. But now you're still doing two more Ben & Jacks. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that have the same then problem with the customers? They might think, oh, you guys uh, are a chain. No, no, because when you put them all together, we're going to have like seven, eight of the between Empire and Ben & Jacks. Hmm. But if you have only four and a four or four, that's uh, actually people that look a little bit, little bit less than like a chain. 
But if you have an eight, they, they, they look, they, as a client, they look you different. And they'll be like, this place is not better, or is better, which actually all these restaurants, the same product, same grills. I have a customer, like say, are you using the same grills? Of course we do. So this is how the people started thinking. And so Now, um, while you've been in the business, other people have tried to open a steakhouse as well, right? People always trying to open another steakhouse. Correct. Why do most people fail in the restaurant business? Uh, it's uh, actually uh, working so long, you know, in uh, this kind of business for somebody else and myself. It's uh, it's uh, uh, people that forget is uh, you know when the customer walk in and in our restaurants, I make believe myself that I'm walking to the restaurant. It's about the hospitality. It's, uh, of course, it's a product there, but hospitality is a big thing. And uh, let's say, like, in a very busy night, uh, uh, we get uh, so many reservations. We can accommodate the people. You know, usually what we do, we, even across the street, we go get more tables from mm. other restaurants just to make happy the customer. Not too many, not too many people they do that. You know, you have to hassle so hard, and people they appreciate that. You know, they see you as an owner, you're working. And uh, as owner, we actually uh, we clean the tables like a busboys. You know, if we're not going to wait for uh, if it's those uh, waiters or somebody uh, a busboy they're busy, we don't have any problem. Just uh, you know, clean the table and uh, fill up the water and things like that. So that makes a, a lot of difference. You know, you can't just open the restaurant and uh, you feel like a really like you're a boss, like in the movies. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm. you have to you have to hustle, you have to work. You, you so it's a very hands-on business. Hands-on business, correct. You have to show your clientele and the customers that really you you for you, it means a lot for the for them to to eat in our restaurants. So but by two thousand and sixteen, you hope to have seven restaurants. Uh, seven or eight. Yeah. Seven or eight among three brothers. How can you guys guarantee your clientele that it's the same level of service everywhere? Uh, true, you're absolutely right. But uh, since it's like uh, we all play, all of them, they're going to be in Manhattan, which is a short distance from each other. Mm. And uh, also, uh, we have a, uh, our nephews, uh, Russ kids, which uh, actually they were in the college, they almost finished it. And uh, it's been like three, four years, actually five years. We started, we put them in the restaurants, that's our nephews. And uh, we, they started learning and we teach them uh, how to run the businesses. So uh, they do, they're doing a very good job. So. We can do it. You know, we got the manpower. We got the, you know, it's a family. So we are a big family. And the family want to be part of the business. So they're sort of trained from a young age that they will take over from you guys? That's uh, that's uh, actually, uh, that's what, what I'm hoping myself because it's it's a great feeling. Uh, I mean, when you see like, uh, uh, it is restaurants, they, they're all like 100 years and uh, we're still a family own. Mm. So... Well, I want the same thing to happen to us, you know, our kids and uh, their kids and uh, down the road to own the restaurants and keep our legacy. Now, your restaurants, have you guys won any awards? Any awards? Any awards, any prizes for your restaurants? Uh, we did actually, uh, yeah, we did like, well, for Empire, I did uh, 2014 is uh, from the Wine Spectator. Mm. We, we got the great wine selections and uh, and uh, what else? Uh, we we did one of the of the shoots uh, from Peter Lugas that was uh, back in 2005, six actually. What did you get from Peter Lugas? 
of the best of the show from Peter Lugas. Oh, they have their own awards, do they? Yeah. Wow. So we uh, actually is uh, we did actually we did the Academy Award uh, for the hospitality of the America 2012, 13, and 14. Out of all the restaurants in terms of cuisine, is the maximum amount of money in the steakhouse? Uh, it is. Really? Because is, is, is there so much margin on meat? There is a lot of margin. I mean... Uh, well, I guess there aren't many spices, right? What do you guys use? Salt and pepper? Uh, just the salt. Just the salt. <laughs> I should not say that. <laughs> no, but that's what all the cooking shows tell us. You know, you watch it on TV and then yes. like Bobby Flay will say it's steak. We use just the salt, you know, because we buy you know, one of the best uh, products, which uh, is USDA Prime, and uh, all you need really is uh, the salt and uh, right temperature grills. Actually, uh, you know, it's so funny. A lot of people, like especially in the uh, uh, summertime, they get the raw meat from us mm. and uh, ribeye or anything else, and they come to us and they say, "Hey, Jack, you know, uh, the steak you." Uh, it doesn't taste like uh, we the restaurant. Remember, I said, of course, because your grill home is uh, different than ours. It's, it's about the grills, and uh, so. So, in your business, how do you determine the wine that you're going to be serving with the steak? I mean, do you guys have to go take training, or do they send a sommelier from the winery? Uh, we do, uh, Jeff. You want to continue that? Uh, sure. Uh, I mean, if you're not just a we. We, uh, after the years in uh, steakhouse business, we realized what the uh, customers are looking for when they're having uh, a great uh, steak. And uh, most of those wines do come from California. And uh, we do go to a uh, a wine tasting, uh, wine presentations where we uh, uh, do a tasting, uh, learn about the wines. the uh, producers and everybody mm-hmm. and uh, the wine list actually consists uh, of uh, 400 different wines from uh, all over the world most of the wines come uh, from uh, california oregon washington state new york state then uh, italy france um, austria montenegro croatia spain uh, chile israel and uh, so on. And uh, recently, we just added a um, a few selections of a sake to accommodate our uh, Japanese clientele that uh, has been actually working pretty good for us. What would be the total value of wine you guys hold in your cellar? Well, that's uh, probably it's over a million dollar, at least. At least there is around five thousand to six thousand bottles of wine. Wow. Somewhere along the line, one of you said that you guys are opening an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Actually, Again, you're going against severe competition, especially in the city, and you still won't open an Albanian one. Yes. Why? Why? why <laughs> what? Why would you go after more competition? Yeah. I'm, uh, actually, it's. Uh, um it's very interesting, and uh, we all love Italians. And uh, we got customers. Uh, this I'm talking like maybe four, four years ago. Actually, they come like two, three times a week, and uh, they ask me like, Jack, is there anything else 
you can make me because I was here last night and had a steak or whatever it is. I say, listen, do you have? To, did you like chicken parmesan? He goes, yeah. Can you make that? Of course, we can make it because hey, if we make it a steak, mm. why we cannot make chicken parmesan? So when I made that, you know, there was like they love it or whatever it is, and we had a few more things and. Uh, I'd like say why because uh, uh, when we go to the restaurant like Italian restaurants, you know, in a city, and uh, a lot of times in the menu is missing that old school or traditional Italian food, which people really they love it, you know. So because they go more to the modern, you know, dishes or whatever it is it, and uh, I think uh, it's a good idea. And uh, since we know the business, to open uh, an Italian restaurant. But this is a slightly different ball game because a steak is, I'm just guessing because I don't know, but I'm guessing, steak is on the grill, off the grill. Italian, you got to, you know, there are more spices, there are more technicalities, it's, it's a little more complicated. So, I mean, you're going to have to find a chef first, right? Just because you make one dish doesn't make you a good Italian restaurant. Uh, correct, yeah, yeah. But of course, we, 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 we find a chef, but we know how to taste the good Italian. So, you know, yeah, and we, we actually, uh, as, a, as, a, as even back home, we knew some Italian dishes, you know, because we come from, of course, we are close to Italy. Mm. And even our mothers or whatever, they will make some dishes, which is a... a we used to do that with the sauces, you know. So it's we not scared from the cuisine because we we know a little bit about about it and uh, actually not a little bit a lot. So for us, is I think it's time to introduce uh, to the our clientele and uh, to New York uh, Italian cuisine. Now, Jack, you started on twenty five dollars a day, right? Correct. Today. What's your business worth? Well, our business, uh, too, if, if somebody comes and uh, offers me uh, less than $50 million, we're like, no. <laughs> Which we're not planning to sell it. <laughs> no, no, no. But you obviously, you know, if like you go to the bank for a loan or something, they obviously check your balance sheet. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, um, and for, for uh, like, uh, we're going to my accountant for, we, we were doing the lease or whatever, you have to show the landlords uh, how much you worth or whatever. And when he showed me the number, I was, a little, I was like, wow, I'm so, I'm so proud. You know, like from $25, I went to the millions. Right. And now only, only in America. And uh, it's, we are so happy we're here. We came to this country and uh, it's like uh, hitting the lotto. But I notice one of your brothers is still back in Albania. Correct. You won't bring him over. Well, uh, since uh, yeah, he's trying. I mean, he's he's gonna actually. He works. Uh, I mean, he's, what we do is like uh, if we do, if we succeed here, he's gonna succeed there. Be easy because we send the money. <laughs> oh, okay. So we take care of him all the time. Him and his kids and pay for the colleges and all. This. Your guy's idea of expansion is is basically opening new restaurants. But I did notice one thing, like Peter Luger's, I mean, they have their um, steak sauce, a lot, like, uh, and, and Patsy's, the Italian restaurant in, in uh, New York, have their sauce and pastas and things like that. I don't see your, your guys' sauces on the supermarket shelves. 
no, but uh, now we're gonna we actually we started we're talking to a few companies mm -hmm. like uh, maybe I should not mention the names or whatever is it which they're interesting uh we're interesting so those things uh actually we took a lot of slow with the steak sauce mm -hmm. and uh it's not only steak sauce it's about the salad dressings and uh even even uh let me even the burgers, you know, in which we have a good burgers, and we can, you know, things like that. It's a lot of opportunity there to to show to the uh, to the people, and uh, people probably somebody who, of course, is going to be they love the product, and uh, they're going to see it on shelves or the supermarkets. What is your signature dish in the restaurant? Actually, our signature dish is a it's a porterhouse, which is a steak for two, and uh, of course it's a uh, we we can I cannot pass ribeye. To not mention the ribeye, that's a, one of the one of the best dishes too. And you know, and uh, uh, as a fish, also we serve a chili and sea bass. That's one of the signature dishes too. I mean, they're all good. Otherwise, we not we not put them in the menu. You know, we mm. like them because the people they love it. So. But do you find people's um Taste buds, their 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 dietary, with everyone sort of uh, focused on health and things like that. Does that impact the steakhouse business with cholesterol? You know, all those sort of nightmare things. Everyone's wife tells them. You know, my wife keeps telling me, "Oh, you can't. You've had enough beef for the month." Yeah, but uh, you know, it's uh, in our minds since we exist as a humans. You know, meat mm. is a main thing, and something to disappear like that. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure it's going to ever happen. And uh, everybody loves beef, you know. And uh, of course, it's, uh, it's people that and people ask me, Jack, are you eating a steak every day?" I was like, "Really? Almost every day? Probably I got the high cholesterol too." But uh, that's why I feel good, or whatever it is. And uh, it's it's uh, it's but the diet and everything else. Uh, I mean, this is Atkins diet. It's a lot of protein, you know. So people they love that. In your experience now you've been in the business for so long you've crossed over a few government administrations who was the most business friendly well that was our uh, first it was uh, actually would uh, as a as a president of the bush that was our the first opening and economy was doing good so for us uh, was around the best time but now it's coming back again so it's good now um as part of your expansion, would you ever consider taking the brand international? Uh, yes, we do. Actually, we we talk. You know, there's few actually a few companies they're interesting and uh, for to going to Japan. Mm. Uh, that's our letter. We uh, excited, but uh, it's uh, uh, more things. Let's say like Hong Kong or Singapore, or you know, and uh, it's good to go to the Europe uh, as a Germany or London. So. It's uh, it's a lot of opportunity there, and it's going to be fun. Would you guys ever consider taking um, outside partners to the business? Because, you know, you've been a success as a family, uh, three brothers, and obviously you have a personal understanding. But if right. you get outside people in, they want maybe a more professional structure and things like that. 
that's something uh, actually we never did. Uh, and uh, you know, so funny. A lot of our uh, clientele's customers, we are like a friend customer. Mm. They always they ask us like, uh, "Hey, next one, please put us down. Uh, we want to be a part of it." Uh, you know, but that's uh, something. You, hey, you never know. You never know what's going to come from the front, what's going to be the table and stuff. But we still, we still, uh, if we do anything, we like to be the bosses. Now, people who want to open restaurants, you know, people who might have been laid off, or everyone usually has an ambition to own a, a restaurant of some sort. What do they need to be aware of? What are the three things you would advise them to be very aware of before they get into this industry? Uh, yeah, that's a very actually it's good and it's very interesting. It's a uh, first thing is uh, like uh, uh, especially today is uh, I mean all the time is about the location. Uh, you have to be careful like uh, rent, of course, uh, and uh, you have to be careful what kind of product you're gonna put on uh, in a table for the customers. So and uh, of course you have to be uh, secure a little bit financially because. If you open the restaurant, that doesn't mean first day you're gonna have a line in a in a restaurant. So you mm. have to be a patient too. Do you work a lot with like do you with advertising agencies and marketing companies? Actually, uh, uh, we we do some. We have to do it, you know. But uh, we we don't. Uh, I don't have any marketing agency. I do all myself because I skip that, you know, like uh, middlemen or whatever it is. So. Because saves money, mm. and uh, we we do we do you know because sometimes we have to especially today yeah I mean always actually you have to bring the uh, uh, the name and uh, you know outside so people that can see it um, advertisement and marketing so you have to do that. How do you control the cost of your product? Because I think a few years ago the cost of beef shot up through the roof. Then well, on another time there was this beef scare, this mad cow disease, and things like that. True. Uh, how to control is like uh, we the, like, like uh, going through the restaurants and uh, and uh, I mean re- other restaurants menus like uh, look, we're going to have a dinner there, whatever it is, and you look at the prices and the sizes, you were like, wow, really? It's it's that that's supposed to be that's the right price, but uh, sometimes customers they they don't understand because they don't they don't know how much is uh, how much costs us uh, meat. Mm. So really, we sometimes we sacrifice ourselves with the prices of the of the food. So it's uh, controlling. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's it's hard. It's hard, but that's uh, the biggest challenge uh, to do it. But we have to make sure we make the customer happy with the quality and the price. Do you get a lot of repeat customers? We do a lot, yeah. Our, our, our really, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, here in New York, is uh, if you don't have a repeat customers, then in a two three months you're gonna close. You know, this is because everybody comes here. It's not like you are in a, some kind of like uh, resort or uh, some vacation place. And mm. uh, they, they, let's say, like even if you mention Vegas, they go once, and after ten years they forgot uh, when they go back, or if they go any. Uh, any resort places, you know, those places, uh, how many times are you going to go eat there? It's after five years, ten years, you're going to forget about their name. But here, if you don't have a, a regular customers, returning customers, then uh, you have a problem. You guys have two brands. You've got the Ben & Jack's and you've got Empire. Em- correct. Um, what does each brand stand for? 
Well, Benizax is actually uh, as, as a quality of the food and everything, they're both same. And uh, Benizax, uh, it's uh, our, uh, it's uh, most of it is like a more old classic uh, steakhouse with a lot of wood and everything. But the Empire is more like a modern, uh, younger, and we got all mixed anyway. But it's just a little slight difference at the core. So if I like it, sort of. Uh, young and sleek and shiny, I go to Empire, and if I like the old school style, I come to Ben and Jack's. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's just sort of like uh, the mixed ambience, you know. But yeah. just the look of the restaurant is like a little different. But the food and everything is the same. Food and everything is the same. Yeah. I'm wishing you guys all the best. Thank you, very you thank guys. You. It's been great having you on the show, and. Um, I'm looking forward to that Albanian restaurant. Hey, you never know. Soon, you <laughs> we'll know. Let you know. And in Albanian, I will tell you, Miru Pafshim. Miru Pafshim. Thank you. Ah, goodbye, guys. Thank you so much. Thank All you. the best. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate for it. Us. Bye bye. Bye bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Your comments and your follow are so very welcome on my Twitter account at Vip Jaswal and my Facebook page. Just type in Vip Jaswal Report. Also, let me, know, let me know what you think about today's show. A special shout-out of thanks to my wonderful team, William Sanchez and Rick Buser. I'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern with more fascinating stories that fill our lives with the inspiration and information we so need to kickstart the week. I wish you a wonderful evening tonight with your family and loved ones. And until next Sunday, have a productive and a very happy week ahead. 